Well, good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Is there anybody here tonight, raise your hand if you're under the age of 14? Are there any children here? Got some here. Any children over there under the age of 14? A few, oh, a few back there. Oh, yeah, a big one back there. A few over there. Okay, kids. Well, tonight we're talking about gifts seems appropriate on Christmas Eve. And so how many of you kids have done all your Christmas shopping? You got all your gifts? You ready to go? Okay, good. What did you get? No, don't say it. I mean, it's not, you don't say it. Um, Now, how many of you made gifts for other people? Put up your hand if you made a gift. Oh, we got some makers here. That's good. Excellent. And do you think your parents got you any gifts? Yeah, you think so? How many of you have found the gifts that your parents have got you already? (laughs) You shouldn't give that away. You should keep that a secret if you've already found them. Well, there is a thing about Christmas that's interesting. Um, The Bible never tells us to celebrate Christmas. Celebrate Easter, yes, but not celebrate Christmas. I'm a little ringy. I don't know if my gain can go down just a little bit. Um, But one of the things about the Bible is that I think the early church fathers realized that there's so much about God being a gift giver in the Bible that it just like seemed natural to have a celebration of God that involved giving gifts because he's the ultimate gift giver. And over and over and over in Scripture, we're told about the presence that God gave us or the gifts that he gave us. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that really, when you, when you think about gifts, there's sort of four questions that you can ask or five questions that you can ask about a gift. And one of the first big questions that we ask about a gift is, who is the giver? And so if you look at a gift, and I have a gift here as sort of a prop to guide me through this, if you think about the gift of God, the greatest gift of God, there is kind of a Bible verse that's like the label on a gift, And if we look at this Bible verse, it's one that I think most of you know. It's John 3.16. So when we look at it, like when you look at your gift, sometimes it says, you know, from mom to dad or, you know, from sister to brother or whatever. Well, this one says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So the first thing that we see here when we read the label is that God is the giver. It was God the Father who gave the gift. And God is the one who's giving the gift to us. Now, most of your gifts, children, probably come from your mother and your fathers and, and you know, mums and dads. They give good gifts. Um, but God gives really good gifts. Luke, 1, sorry, Luke 11 says that, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so moms and dads are good at giving gifts, but they're not nearly as good at giving gifts as God is. 
And we think about Christmas, we recognize that God is the gift giver because God loves in the way that he does. He provides for us in his way. Far beyond what the world could imagine, God gives to the world. He's the gift giver. And he's motivated by love. He's generous in his giving. And his gift is perfectly suited to us. Not all of our gifts are perfectly suited to us all the time, right? I mean, sometimes you get a gift and you look at it and you're thinking, why did I get this, right? Like somebody gives me a gift and, you know, maybe it's pink and frilly and, you know, has lots of bows on it and lace. No more lace. I don't need any more lace, okay? If you're giving me a gift, I don't need lace. We get gifts that aren't suitable, but God gives us suitable gifts. He gives us good gifts. What kind of gifts have you got your mom and dad? Have you got them suitable gifts? Do you think you got your mom and dad a suitable gift that they'll enjoy? Oh, I bet they will anyway. I've talked about suitable and unsuitable gifts in the past. A few weeks ago, I got Wendy an iron one time, realized that was unsuitable. You know what else is an unsuitable gift is a nose hair trimmer. So kids, I'm telling you tonight, if you got your mom a nose hair trimmer, give it to your dad. Just change the label. It's a suitable gift for your dad, not for your mom. But God loves us, and God gives us suitable gifts. He gives us perfect gifts, and God is the giver. Well, there's another question that we have about the gift. So that tells us that God gave it. We also want to know who it's for. And it says, God so loved the world. So it's everybody, right? It's from God, and it's to the whole world, this gift. But then another question that we ask about a gift is, what is it? Right? What is the gift? Sometimes when the presents are under the tree, we like to sort of pick away at them. And, you know, we couldn't put the presents out until right before Christmas because Isaac would just sort of pick away at the wrapper and kind of try and pull up a corner and he would shake it. And we have kind of a, a gift in our, or we have kind of a joke in our house that any gift uh, that we're not sure about, we're convinced it's a puppy. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a boxes under the tree or it's some odd shape. It's like, oh, what is it? Oh, it's a puppy. You know, and we hope not because then you got to take the, the gift out for a walk for a few weeks before Christmas gets here. But it's a puppy or something like that. But God's gift is in the form of a person. And so when we look in the gift, I didn't know how to represent this, so I got one of those old pictures of Jesus that probably your grandmother has hanging on her wall. Yep, you got one of those? Yeah. But the gift is Jesus. The gift is in the form of a person. It's not a puppy because puppies are more work. The gift of Jesus is not more work. So God gives us a gift not in the form of a religion, not in the form of a whole bunch of rules to follow, not in in, in that form. He gives us the gift of a person. And if you get the gift of a person, how do you follow, or how do you recognize, or how do you honor a gift of a person? Well, you you follow them, and you love them, and you trust them. The wonder of this gift, this baby in a manger wrapped in clothes, is none other than he is being the Son of God. And when the baby is born, when the angels sing, when the shepherds came and the wise men brought him gifts, and we're told that Mary, the mother of Jesus, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And so one of the things that we need to do when we realize that the gift is Jesus, we need to ponder that in our heart. 
We need to think about these things the way Mary did. Do you, do you do that? Do you ever just sit and ponder and think about a gift from God that is a person? But then there's another question that we have about this gift. How much does the gift cost? How much do you spend on your presence? So you bought your mom a present, I'm assuming. You made a gift. You got her a gift. Oh boy, you're missing out this Christmas. <laughs> but we have to buy gifts for people, and we, we sort of set aside a certain amount of money that we think is appropriate to spend to, to, to pay for a gift to give to somebody. And you're not supposed to leave the price tag on your gifts, right? But sometimes when I'm wrapping the gift, I forget. And when the gift is unwrapped on Christmas morning, there is the discount sticker, like right on the side of it. You don't pay full price for gifts, do you? I mean. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes you forget and you leave that price tag on there and it kind of gives away the fact that you've paid for this gift. But the gift from God is not a discount gift, And the gift from God is priceless. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, which we heard before that God gave to the world, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gift of Jesus Christ is almost like a two-for-one. It's almost like a gift inside of a gift. As you go through Scripture, and it keeps talking about the things that we receive in Jesus Christ, it says that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ, that we have forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. It says that we have gifts from on high in Jesus Christ. All of these things we have in Jesus Christ. So you unwrap the gift from God, and you realize that it's the person, Jesus, but inside of Jesus there's all these other gifts that come to us, and it is a precious gift because it is God's only Son. And he gave this gift to the world to ultimately go to a cross and die. And at some point, people read the Bible and they learn more about the gift of God and and what it cost God to give them salvation. And some people, as they're reading about this gift in the Bible, they, they get worried that there's a catch someplace, that the cost is too great, and that they can't accept it because there's no way that they could pay it back. Do you ever get a gift so extravagant that you're just almost embarrassed to receive it because you think, there's no way I deserve this gift, there's no way I deserve something so extravagant, and there's no way I can give a better gift back to this person that's given it to me, and now I feel like a competition. Like, they've given me this, and now I've got to give them one that's at least of equal value back. But that's not how God has given his gift in Jesus Christ. The cost of the gift is extreme. But when we read that verse, we realize that it is a gift. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the difference. It's the difference between wages and a gift. What that verse means is God has given this gift, and if you try to pay it back somehow, it no longer becomes a gift. You pay wages And God doesn't want that. Imagine if you gave a gift to somebody that you dearly love and you want them to have it, you want to bless them with it, and they unwrap the gift and they open it up and they say, oh, this is so precious, and then they pull out their wallet and they try to pay you for it. Right? Like, how insulting is that? They're not understanding. No, it's a gift. You don't have to pay me for it. Don't take the gift away from me. But sometimes we try to do that with God's gift. We read the Bible, we realize the enormous cost of it, and we think we owe God something for this gift. And we don't. We don't have to pay God anything for it. 
It's free. It's a gift. It's nothing that we have to earn. So then that brings up the fourth question. When we see a nice gift wrapped and we know there's an amazing gift inside it, and, it, and how do we, it's for the world, but how do I get it? How do I get the gift? So we know God is the giver and Jesus is the gift and it's free even though it costs an enormous amount. It's free to us. John 1.12 says, Yet all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is how we get the gift. We see the gift, we know the gift, we are excited about the gift, but we have to receive it. Notice all the verbs there. To all who received him, who believed in his name, and received and believed, taking and trusting. There's lots of men and women, and there's lots of boys and girls all over the world who are very happy to go along with everything that I've said right up to this point. They understand there's a God. They understand about Jesus Christ. They've heard the message. They know that he's a free gift. They know that he is forgiveness and that he is eternal life. But then they stumble at this very last point of how to receive the gift. They have to trust and they have to believe. They have to take the gift. And that's the most important part of all. You have to accept the gift or else it just stays there. Jesus came as God, a perfect gift, but not all have accepted the gift of Jesus. Not all have received him. We've not all believed in him or believed him who has said who he is. And therefore, it takes an act on our part. It's an act of a moment in time to receive the gift, to choose to trust in God's promise that he is our Savior, that he's our rescuer, that eternal life and forgiveness and reconciliation with God is in him. Now, some of you believe and trust, and you may know exactly when that moment in time was for you. And then others of you may not remember exactly when that moment in time was. You can't pinpoint the time that you trusted in Jesus, but you know that there was a time in your past when you didn't really trust Jesus. You'd kind of heard about him. Maybe you were even angry at him, but you didn't really trust your life with him. But today, you do trust him completely. And so sometime in between then and now, you must have put your hope in him, even though if you don't remember exactly when it was. C.S. Lewis actually describes his own coming to believe in Jesus that way. C.S. Lewis was a, a writer and an author and a professor and a studier of mythology, actually, and he studied Christianity for years and years and years and debated with his friends and argued about it. And he wasn't sure when he trusted in Jesus. But he says of his own coming to know Jesus and receiving the gift, he says it this way. He says, I know very well when, but hardly how. The final step was taken. I was driven to Whipsnade one sunny morning. And when we set out, I did not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And when we reached the zoo, I did. So somewhere on that car ride... C.S. Lewis realized, I just have to admit, I believe and I trust in Jesus Christ. So God is the giver and G Jesus is the gift. It's free to us and we just have to receive it. And many of you remember that moment. Some of you don't remember it exactly, but there is a moment when we receive the gift and we actually lay down our life and trust in Jesus. We give up the fight. And that moment for you can be right now. This can be your trip to Whipsnade. I don't even know where Whipsnade is, but I just love the sound of it. 
This could be your journey to Whipsnade, to the, Jew, to the zoo. This could be the time when you receive Jesus Christ. Whether you're listening online, whether you're here now and you've never done it before, the gift, God is the giver, Jesus is the gift. The gift is free even though it costs so much, but you need to receive it. Now, I have one more illustration that I need a volunteer for. Is there a volunteer? Um, I'm looking, I'm looking for another. Okay, fine, you can come up here. <laughs> This is just a little demonstration. Do you know, like, the high five thing? Like, give me five, like, up high, on the side, down low, too slow. Well, okay. (laughs) Now, I have a crisp $5 bill that I want to give you. Don't look at your mom. This is between you and me. We're having a discussion here. I want to give you this $5 bill, right? Now, I'm going to put it in my hand, and you have to trust me whether I'm giving you the $5 or not, okay? It's in one of my hands. I'm not telling you whether I've got it in my back hand or in my front hand. Now, do you trust me that I'm giving you $5? (laughs) So because I kind of cheated you earlier with the down low thing, now you're starting to mistrust me, aren't you? (laughs) So you don't trust that the $5 is in this hand. You think it's in the hand behind my back. (laughs) Would you like what's in my hand out here? Sure. There you go. Five bucks is all yours, buddy. Go sit down. Good job. Yeah, now you can go buy your mom a present. (laughs) Good advice, Luke. So you see, I, I do that little demonstration because you understand there needs to be trust. The thing is, if he didn't want what was in my hand that I held out to him, the $5 could have just gone back in my pocket, and he wouldn't have had it. If you want a gift, you have to trust and you have to receive. And a lot of people, they, they hear the gospel story. Every Christmas, you've heard the story. People hear it over and over and over again. The gift of Jesus has been presented to them over and over and over again, but they haven't trusted and they haven't received. And for another year or another two years or who knows how long, the gift goes back in the pocket and they don't have it and they don't get to live with the joy and the satisfaction and the comfort and the peace and the just the amazing overflow of the gifts of Jesus in their life. And so online here tonight, you've heard about the gift, you know God's the giver, you know Jesus is the gift, you know it costs God a lot, but it's free to you. Don't go another year, don't even go another day with that gift going back in the pocket. If you trust in God, he will give you the gift. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your son that we celebrate his birth. We thank you that we celebrate it with gifts because you are such an extravagant gift giver. It just makes so much sense. The gift of your son, the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of reconciliation, the spiritual gifts, the gift of your church, gift upon gift upon gift you give us, Lord. And so we give our meager gifts, brightly wrapped, that are nothing like your gifts, but the little joy that we get from them is just an echo of the joy that we have in your son. And Father, we pray that for our friends and family, for anyone listening that hasn't received this gift yet, that they would receive it even tonight. 
That would be the most incredible gift they could give any of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.